0: this is Donna Otto, and we are modern homemakers. I wonder what that means. We are modern homemakers. We, all of us, we who are in the studio, I don't know, but we are. And what makes us modern? I think what makes anything modern is that it's open to new things. I, we, We're modern if we are Our Thoroughly Modern Emily was a movie of decades ago, and she was open to the modern dances and clothes of the 20s. So we are open. We are not certain, and we're not exchanging everything we know, but we're open to what God is allowing us in this passage to embrace. And that's quite a lot, isn't it? So I'm glad you're here with us. I want to remind you of a few things which I often forget. Archives, there are archives of podcasts on our website. I don't know how many. Actually, I never listen to them. (laughs) Sometimes I'm forced to listen to a session that I've taught, but it's only because they tie my hands behind my back and make me sit there. Um, But I hope that if you're uh, just finding us, that you will look to the archives and see if there's some titles. We kind of cleverly title things that sometimes... I don't even know what they're about, and I taught them. I also want to remind you of all the products and things that we have available, resources, some free, some for purchase on our website. It's still singing and dancing, and we have uh, remaining some free books, some free books. So I want you to take advantage of that because the next free things we're going to do, which we're going to announce the next time we're together, is going to require that you subscribe before you get the freebie. I was talking to someone in my industry and they said, well, that's not an unfair thing unless you send something every day. And I thought, I want you to know, audience, I would never do that because I have signed up for things that I've had to sign up before I could buy it. And and then I have to unsubscribe in minutes because they send me four things a day. We are not like that. We If you subscribe to us, the most you get is something once a month, and I'm not even sure about that. So if you haven't gotten the free books and you want them, um, now is the time to send us a note and let us know, and we'll get it mailed out to you. Thanks for loving my friends as you love them. I have one you haven't met yet. And um, a shout-out to my friend Susan who responded to hearing my words about her. And um, every word of it is true. I said on the phone to her, Susan, did I say anything that wasn't true? Like, have we ever had a serious at odds? And she told me a hysterical story I should probably tell you, but I won't because it points such a bad finger at me it would make her sound as wonderful as she really is. So we're looking forward to getting the rest of Sandy Wilson's books and a few others that we have left out to all of you. And certainly before year end, maybe you need to give it as a gift. Send us a line, don't forget. We love to know where you're listening and what you're doing. And my favorite has been one I mentioned already that a young friend considers me keeping company with her. I like that very much. We're getting ready to talk about Christmas, but not today. Today I want to introduce you to a show I'm going to do regularly. Now, what is regular to Donna Otto may be regular for a few months in a row and then it's over, or regular is once a month, or if I get a little backlog. But I notice there are times when I'm going through something and I think I'm listening to something, I've read something, and ideas popped into my head, and I think, oh, that's just a throwaway. And recently I thought that, and I thought many times in my life, I have later tried to describe to someone where I heard that, like big heart, little feet. That was a throwaway remark spoken by a friend who is now in heaven. She got there before I did. And it was a throwaway remark. It didn't have anything to do with the lecture she was giving. It It was a throwaway remark. But it landed deep in my heart. And decades later, it, it still resonates with me. So I thought, well, maybe... These throwaways are not that throwaway. I'll keep track of the throwaways for a bit and see if, ah, so I've decided that I'm going to give you a few of my throwaways from time to time, and it'll be called I Thought This Was a Throwaway because it's a snippet of something it's uh it's a piece of information that sounds very important but it's not enough for us to spend the whole show talking about and the first one is is something that comes out of the reading in genesis on the life of isaac now do you remember who isaac was and Esau was his one son. His other son was Jacob. So Esau, Esau and Jacob were brothers. And Esau was the youngest brother. And Jacob was the oldest brother. And Isaac was their father. And Isaac is very old man now, nearly blind, the Bible says. And he calls his eldest son, Esau, to come. And Esau comes and he gives him very clear direction. But his wife was listening in. Hmm. I thought about that. I wondered, was he old and gaining some Lack of ability, and she had to listen in, or was she nosy and she was listening in about the children? It's very clear that Esau was not her favorite, but Jacob was her favorite. And so, this is a a two little paragraphs about Isaac's life Isaac's life, which we find in Genesis chapter 24, um, right through to Genesis 28. In the last extended glimpses we have of Isaac, he's an old man. He's feeble and nearly blind. At the end, which seems so characteristic of his life, Isaac was unimportant in himself. That's the, that's the throwaway thought. He thought he was unimportant. He was simply the one who made others' lives possible. In contrast to the strong personalities of his father, his wife, his sons, he was a passive figure. He made no significant contribution, no real advance in the life of faith. His only achievement was in digging wells, providing for the physical wearf- welfare of his flocks and his family. And as I read that, I remembered thinking, ah, isn't that how i feel? I don't care what you're doing. Whether you're the mama or you're the papa or you're the full-time worker in the office, we all have this sense of what I'm doing is making it work for someone else. And he was simply being the one who made others' lives possible. I mean, he was the leader of the family, of course, by name, but what he did made it possible. Why is he even included in this story? He's so unnoticeable. Because we need Isaac in our lives between Abraham and Jacob. We know a lot about them, don't we? We need someone who is unexceptional in the story. If we overstress the exceptional aspects of Christian living, we feel forever excused from making them our own. I'm glad Isaac was included among the patriarchs. He is the representation of a theological truth every bit as essential as those associated with more prominent kinsmanship. Doing the daily tasks of life for and with other people in a God-given gift that makes life possible it is the glue that holds the hours of the days together to wash the dishes, to treat the obnoxious neighbor kindly, to bear pain without relief to pray without visions, to serve without acclaim, to do the ordinary, digging of the wells. To do the producing of these shows, which is behind the scenes, and all the equipment has to be ready, and everything has to be recorded, and it all has to be transmitted, and all the technology, and I promise you, if I had to sit on the other side of this table, you'd never hear from me again. <laughs> it is a very, uh, a, a very... Important on uh, what the producers do, make um, them feel, I'm sure, as unimportant. They're not notable, they're not seen, they're not mentioned, but it is simply essential for our um, having this opportunity to be with you. So that's my throwaway. The simple life of Isaac is absolutely essential on exceptional people. Do you feel that way? Yeah, our, we live in a culture that people are calling us to be exceptional. Do more, do more, do more, do more. Second throwaway comes from Nehemiah. Nehemiah. And I'm going to talk about Nehemiah in a longer version um, in the next few days. But this little throwaway out of Nehemiah's life uh, came to me because I was doing some reading about prayer. I was doing some reading about prayer and I got to Nehemiah who prayed. I mean, I'm going to talk a little bit about his his essence of prayer and how he got to do what he did. But as I did that, I was called to read these 11 verses out of chapter 4, 1 through 11, Okay. And I just want to to pick out a couple of things that I found were extraordinary, okay? And the first one was chapter 4 in verse 6, and they said that he had a mind to do the work he had a mind to do the work. So let me just read it through. When Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he exploded in anger, vilifying the Jews. In the company of his Samaritan cronies and military, he let loose. Quote, what are the miserable Jews doing? Do they think they can get everywhere back to normal overnight? Making building stones out of make-believe? at his side, Tobiah the Ammonite, jumped in and said, that's right, what do they think they're building? What if a fox climbed that wall? It would fall to pieces under his weight. Nehemiah prayed, oh listen to us, dear God, we're so despised. Boomerang their ridicule on their heads. Have their enemies cart them off as war trophies to a land of no return. Don't forgive their inequity. Don't wipe away their sin. They've insulted the builders." So we kept at it, repairing and rebuilding the wall. The whole wall was soon joined together. And the the, the reason why they kept at it was this phrase. They had a heart for the work. They had a heart for the work. And they had a mind for the work. When Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, the Ashdodites heard that the repairs of the wall of Jerusalem was going so well that the breaks on the wall were being fixed, they were absolutely furious. They put their heads together and decided to fight against Jerusalem and create as much trouble as they could. We countered with prayer. Ha, <laughs> ha, are you sensing anything in your life that's fighting against you that's warring against you that's speaking against you that feels like an enemy and what nehemiah says is all these things were true they put their heads together and decided to fight against as much trouble as they could cause we jewish in jerusalem and we one sentence we counted with prayer we countered with prayer. Now, he does go on to say, and set around the clock guard against them. But his opening salvo is, We countered with prayer. But soon the word was going around in Judah the builders are pooped, the rubbish piles pile up, we're in over our heads, and we can't build this wall. Do you ever feel that way? You're in over your head. I I honestly want you to know I think I've lived my most of my life most of my life even as a child but certainly as an adult I so often say that I am in over my head what am I doing here what am I doing here what am I doing podcasting here the, the staff came to me 17 years ago and said we want you to podcast and I said okay cuz I trust them and then I said what is a podcast in over my head I said yes to them, to my trust in them. I had no idea what I was getting in for. And so he goes on repairing the walls, and every day they work something out. And I'm going to talk to you about that in, in a day or two, because I want you to go on with this notion of what Nehemiah did when he set his mind to the work and when they countered with prayer to their God. Well, that's two of my throwaways. I have many more, but I think that's all I'll do for today. Throwaway shows will try to keep to at least 15 minutes and not more, and come again and hear these thoughts that I have that I think are throwaways, but maybe they're golden to you. Will you let us know if you liked one of them? I'm Donna Otto. This is Modern Honeakers, and I want you to remember that the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of countering with prayer.